Uh, where we left off 11 weeks ago, we were working through the Gospel of Mark, and we got to the Transfiguration and, and read that passage, and next week we are going to jump back in uh, to the Gospel of Mark and pick up where we left off. Uh, but this morning I want to take us in a, a, a different direction. We're going to turn to the book of Ezekiel, to the most famous chapter in Ezekiel, chapter 37, as we read the valley about the Valley of Dry Bones. Uh, if you have a Bible, open to Ezekiel 37, and let me pray for the reading of God's Word. Lord, uh, we thank you for your Word, and in particular this passage that was written so, so long ago, but feels like it could have been written yesterday. It was so relevant and meaningful to us. And I pray that uh, the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts would be pleasing and acceptable to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Ezekiel 37, we're going to work our way through this. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and he set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the valley floor, bones that were very dry. And he asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? Can these bones live? After just giving Ezekiel a tour through this valley of death, this valley that is just scattered with, with dried out bones, the Lord asks Ezekiel a question for which there seems like there can only be one answer. No. Can these bones live? No. They once lived. There was a time where these dismembered, dried-out bones were joined together, the skeletons of men and women, the, the people of Israel. There was a time that, that they danced, and they sang, and they laughed, and they, they cried, and they worshipped. But that time had come and gone. The blood had drained out of these bones a long time ago, the breath of the Lord had been taken from these bones a long time ago. Now all that remained was this sad reminder of what once was and the shameful reminder of what it became. The question that the Lord posed to Ezekiel is really a question of resurrection. Can that which was alive and is now dead be made live again? The question, like I said, seems to have only one answer, no. No, anyone looking at that would say, no, these bones can't live. This valley of dry bones, this valley of hopelessness, this valley of despair seems like a valley from which there's no hope, no transformation, no life. This valley is the original Hotel California. You can check in anytime you want, but once you check in, you can never leave. Ezekiel, son of man, can these bones live? In the context of the, the book of Ezekiel and in the context of this vision that, that 
Ezekiel is having, the, the bones represent the people of Israel. They had turned their backs on God. God had set before them life and death, blessings and curses. He said, choose life and you will live, but Israel chose curses and death. God had rescued them from Egypt a long time ago, led them out on wings of an eagle through the, the desert, parted the sea in front of them, and as soon as they were settled in the good land, as soon as things started to go good for them, better for them, they wanted off the eagle. They chose curses. They chose death. And so God granted their request. And the consequences came in the form of Babylon. Babylon laid siege to Jerusalem, carried the Israelites into Babylonian captivity. Ezekiel was one of those uh, captives taking, taken to Babylon. Hope of ever returning to Jerusalem, hope of ever being restored back into a right relationship with God, hope of that eagle swooping down once again and picking them up and, and carrying them, saving them once again, that hope was gone, long gone. Ezekiel, son of man, can these bones live? Last Sunday, I was worshiping at Community Reformed Church in Clinton. Uh, I'm happy to report that they have called a pastor and a really great pastor. I was worshiping with them, and seated next to me was a woman that I've known now for 17 years. And if I mentioned her name, many of you uh, would know her as well. This is a woman who, who pops in regularly, always in a state of Christ, crisis, always in, in need because of, of years of drug use and years of malnourishment. Her body is largely skin and bones, literally. And so she's sitting next to me and we stand and we're worshiping and she's got her arms outstretched and worshiping and mid-song, she sits down and just begins to sob. And I'm standing worshiping, and the thought goes through my mind, Lord, can these bones live? Can these bones live? And, and honestly, the, the obvious answer to me is no. No, I've known her for so long. This roller coaster seems like it's a roller coaster that never ends. It's just a a constant cycle. But then I thought about Mary Magdalene, and those of you who have been watching The Chosen this past season, uh, the way they portrayed Mary Magdalene is so powerful. This was a woman who was tormented by seven demons, and then she had an encounter with Jesus, and she was transformed and became a brand new woman, and, and she was the one who came to the tomb and found the stone rolled away. She was the one that Jesus first appeared to in his risen form. She was the one who ran back and told the disciples, he's risen. She became this amazing disciple, but that's not how her story began. If we would have seen her where her story began and asked the question, can these bones live? We would have been tempted to say, no, not a chance. The question is not only reserved from people for people who we identify as being at the end of their rope. It's a question that strikes closer to home for all of us. 
Maybe it's a question that you might be asking about a, a child of yours or a grandchild. You listen to the proverb, raise a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they'll not depart from it, and you did your best to do that, and now they're old, and, and you're thinking, what happened? Because it seems like they departed from it. No interest in the things of the Lord, a, a hard heart, no hunger for righteousness, no desire to be with God's people, and if you raise the subject, they shut you down. Can these bones live? Should you continue to hope? Should you continue to pray? Again, maybe it's even more personal than that for you. Is there hope for my marriage that is disintegrating right in front of my eyes? Is there hope that I might be set free from this addiction that has sunk its claws so deep into my soul that I don't think it's ever going to let go? Is there hope for healing from this trauma that I experienced, this wound that is, is still open today, this perpetual despair and grief that I live with? Is there hope for a better tomorrow? Hope that God might swoop down and carry me once again on wings like an eagle. Can these bones live? Next week, we're jumping back into the Gospel of Mark as Jesus is coming down the, the mountain, the Mount of Transfiguration, and as he does, he is going to be intercepted by a man, a desperate man, who's going to ask him the question, Jesus, can these bones of my son live? But in today's passage, it's interesting that it's not Ezekiel asking the Lord, can these bones live? It's actually God, the Lord, asking Ezekiel, Ezekiel, you see this? Can these bones live? Is there hope? It's almost as if the Lord is asking Ezekiel to go on record. Ezekiel, what do you believe? Crossview Church, what do you believe? What do you believe regarding the resurrection? Is something that is dead, can it be raised to new life? Can that which is broken be restored, that which is shattered be repaired? Can that which is stuck become unstuck? Can the roller coaster stop so that you get off and get on a new ride? Is God still the one who's able to do more than all we ask or imagine according to his power at work in us? You see, we all have to answer that question. And the way you answer that question determines how you show up in this world. Are we people of hope? Do we believe, do we really believe that God transforms lives? That means he doesn't just make us a little better, doesn't just, you know, rub off the rough edges. He actually transforms us. Where there is death, he brings life. Do we believe that those people that we look at where we say there's no hope, do we believe there is hope? You see, how we answer that, that question, it affects how we show up. If I believe, yes, these bones can live, then I'm going to continue to invest. I'm going to continue to pray. I'm going to continue to hope, and I'm going to wait on the Lord. And if I believe the answer is no, I'm going to check out. 
I'm just going to kind of adopt a, a posture that, you know, of fatalism. What will be, will be. Nothing we can do. Check out. Can these bones live? So let's see how Ezekiel answered the question. I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. What a great answer. Can these bones live, Ezekiel? Sovereign Lord, you alone know. I think this is an answer that God was looking for. Ezekiel didn't say no, these bones can't live, but neither did he say of course they can live. All we have to do is A, B, and C. And if we do these things in this order, we pull all the right levers, then the bones will live. He didn't presume upon God, but neither did he have a lack of faith. He said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. And there's a reason he included the word sovereign. You'll notice in the passage now that it uses the word sovereign over and over again. It's as if Ezekiel is reminding himself of who the Lord is. You're the sovereign one, which means you have all power, all authority, all dominion. You are the, the sovereign one. You created the heavens and the earth. Nothing is too difficult for you. Your hand controls power and might. It's at your discretion that people are made great and given strength. You give orders to the wind. You give orders to the rain, and it obeys. You're the God who brings judgment. You're also the God who brings deliverance. If you, sovereign Lord, will for these bones to live, they will live. And if you don't, there's no human manipulation or maneuvering that's going to bring them back to life. And I think his response pleased the Lord. Notice what the Lord says. I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. And then, and then you will know that I am the Lord. I'm going to do all of this. I will. And then you will know that I'm the Lord. And when I've done it, and when I've lifted you from the miry clay and I've set your feet upon the rock and given you a firm place to stand, remember me. Don't forget. Don't leap off the wings of the eagle the first chance you get. I am the Lord your God and you shall have no gods before me. So, Ezekiel records, I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I was prophesying, there was a noise. There was a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Something is beginning to happen. That first ray of light is breaking through the darkness. That first sign of life is creeping through this valley of death. The the leaf, the brown leaf, is beginning to turn up. 
Bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. So it's just a bunch of skeletons. It's a reminder to us that apart from the breath of God, which is the spirit of God, apart from the animating spirit of God, it doesn't matter how good the bones look. Cover of GQ, cover of glamour, the spirit of God is not indwelling the, the bones. It's still death. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. And so I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath entered them. They came to life and they stood up on their feet, a vast army. And then he said to me, son of man, these bones, they're the people of Israel. They say, this is what they say, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We're cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Do you notice there's a difference? This is what they say, this is what God says. This is what the world says, this is what God says. It is so easy to hear what what comes to our mind, it's so easy to, to hear what the world says and lose sight of what God says. This is what the, the Lord says. My people, I'm going to open your grave and I'm going to bring you up from it. I will bring you back to the land of Israel and then you, my people, will know that I'm the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them, I'm going to put my spirit in you and you will live and I'll settle you in your own land. And then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. Friends, we live in a world that is littered with dry bones in our world, it's in our communities, it's in our neighborhoods, it's in our homes, and let's be honest, it's in our lives. I've got some dry bones in my life. And some of those goals that you heard me talk about are because I, I became more aware of the dry bones in my own life. We live in these valleys filled with dry bones, and the question before us, can the bones live? Is there hope can God bring transformation? Or are we just stuck with hopelessness and despair and, and crushing division and addiction and hard-heartedness and apathy? Can these dry bones live? The Lord asks each of us to answer the question. It's not for us to ask him. He's asking us, can they live? Our answer to the question, again, impacts everything. Sovereign Lord, you alone know. They can live. So that means we're not going to stop hoping. We're not going to stop praying. We're not going to get swallowed up in despair, no matter how dry the bones look. We're not going to listen to what the world says about the bones and let, let that be our guide. 
We're going to turn to the Lord. We're going to put our hope in the Lord. We're going to wait on the Lord, be strong and wait on the Lord. And then thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Join me as we pray. Father God, uh, we recognize that you are Lord over life and death. You're, you're Lord over any situation that we find ourselves in or any situation that a, a friend finds herself in. Lord, forgive us when uh, we lose hope because we take our eyes off of you. Lord, help us show up in this world as people of hope, people who have been transformed, who have been in your presence, people who are able to, to hold out hope to this world. And Lord, we ask through your power that you would use us, not for our glory, but for your glory. We ask this in the power of your name.